Welcome to the Mission City Church Podcast. My name is Jake Eichert, and I am the Community Groups and Creative Director at Mission City Church, as well as the host of this podcast. Each week, you can find full-length sermons, five-minute sermon breakdowns, and inspiring conversations with guests about discipleship, current events, local outreach, and more. Our mission as a church is to make Jesus known, and we pray that this podcast does just that for you. If it does, please subscribe and share. But for now, please enjoy this episode of the Mission City Church Podcast. All right. Can you turn me down just a smidge? Thank you. How, how are we doing today? Good. Nice. Uh, well, happy to be with you uh, again. And uh, sorry, my voice sounds funny, Tyler. Tyler, why does my voice sound funny? It's too close to my face. You didn't. T- Tyler uh, always adjusts my mic for me in the mornings, and he did not touch it today, and I can tell. Uh, and you can too, because of, I sound all muffled. I don't like the sound of my voice when it's like that. Um, well, we are uh, moving closer to the Christmas season as we talk about. The, the beauty of it, uh, of, of the Christmas season, is we celebrate something called Advent. It's becoming more popular. Like Advent calendars, I feel like, are everywhere now. Like you can buy them at Trader Joe's. You can buy them, you can buy them anywhere. Like, and, and it can be of anything. Like I have an Advent uh, custom uh, jelly jars from Costco. Like, and uh, you get a mini little Advent jelly. Like it's, there's only 12 of them, which is fine, I guess. But uh, from a cute brand that I had to buy for Cassidy. And uh, it's great. They're, they're great. The flavors aren't great, but it's cute. So we have it. And, uh, but Advent's everywhere. But Advent is, uh, is this idea of arrival. And it's celebrating. We, we as the church, 2,000 years post-Christ living, live with, between two tensions of Advent. The fact that we celebrate that Jesus has come. And uh, as Evan uh, kind of had in our kind of liturgy today, talking about that Christ will come again. And so we sit in this tension of the fact that there was the promise in the Old Testament of the fact that the Messiah was going to come, and he did 2,000 years ago, and that Jesus said he would come again, and that we believe that, and we hope for that, and we wait for that today. And so uh, if you are struggling with the Christmas season, uh, maybe let that be something that you can hope in. Maybe let that something that that brings you joy uh, today, because that is that is good news. That's very good news, and uh, and for us, we can live in that hope. And sometimes that's that's the that's the that's the only thing we can hope in, because life is just so hard around us uh, as well. So uh, if you weren't with us last week, we started a very short two-week series uh, in the book of Jude, uh, and so uh, and the, it's titled Contend for Your Faith is kind of the, the series title, and, uh, and we're going to finish that out today because if you've never read the book of Jude, Jude is one chapter long, and, uh, and so it doesn't take that long to get through, uh, but we're going to look at that, and then next week we'll do a couple things as we lead into uh, Christmas as well. Uh, but, but have you ever contended for something? competed for something, fought for something. Uh, as, I, as I think about this, uh, now as I classify, my, classify myself as an endurance athlete, I am an elite endurance athlete because I have done one half marathon and I have a sticker on my water bottle that says I've run 13.1 kilometers. And so I am that way and I, ha- I have contended, I've competed for something. Uh, but if, I'm not really, I, I really don't. But if I really was, the real ones who compete uh, it takes work. It takes a lot more time than I put into it. Uh, it takes sacrificing time and energy away just to go and train. Sometimes it takes working through injuries, uh, diet, pushing to fight as well. 
Uh, now, maybe this doesn't, you don't relate to this because uh, you're not an elite athlete like myself. Um, and so maybe, but you've had to study for a test, like a big test in front of you. Uh, and maybe it was because of your, your job that you, you worked for. You had to pass something so that you could get certified, so that you could get, be fully credentialed, if you will. Uh, and so some of those things, like you're, you are fighting, you're contending, you're persevering, you're competing uh, to, to be able to, you're preparing yourself to get to a place so that you can pass this test, you can know these things. And that takes time too. It takes energy. That takes setbacks. That takes frustration as well, or even learning uh, a new skill uh, as well. And, uh, and so for us today is that, that Judah, or Jude, it's, 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 it's a little annoying to me because in our Bibles it says Jude, but it really is, in, his name's Judah. Uh, it's one of the brothers of Jesus. And, uh, and, and, and he, he wrote this book. One of the big things that he wants to tell us to is to contend for our faith uh, or to fight for our faith. To contend is to compete for something. Uh, the root word of this is to struggle uh, or to fight. It very quickly makes me think, of one of our favorite heroes in Kansas City who tells us this one truth that we have to fight for our right to what? Yeah, there's somebody that sings it out there on this side. I don't know who, everyone over here hasn't woken up. I know the game's at, what time is it, 3.30 today, 2.30 today? But yeah, it, it makes me think of like we, ha- like we have to fight. We have to fight for our faith in Christ. And, uh, and, and, and honestly, in our day and age, like some people, depending on... Uh, what you media you listen to or influences you listen to, you might be like, that sounds like like this isn't like some war. Is that like militant Christianity? That's not what we're we're not talking about that type of fighting. What we're talking about is that we we actually have to fight, we have to struggle, we have to pursue Jesus with our whole lives. And and sometimes that means we have to fight. Sometimes that means we have to persevere. Sometimes that means we have to push. Sometimes that means we have to be disciplined. And uh, I think this can be jarring for a lot of us because we just kind of believe like, oh, like it, once I believe in Jesus, then everything will just be okay. And that's, that's, like, that, that's like a fairy tale almost. And, uh, and that's just not the real world. And since we're grownups in here, we should be able to hear the truth that there will be a day that everything will be okay. That's what the hope is for in, in Christ's return. But in today, in reality, it can be a struggle. It can be a fight. It can be... It can be just one step at a time, and uh, and so it's it's it is the way it is, and and, and also that we there is um, there is opposition against us, and we're, this is not the point of t- talking about spiritual warfare or talking about what the opposition is, but if you want to look into more of that, you can just write down Ephesians 2, 4, and 6, where Paul talks about spiritual warfare a lot. But something that was taught to me when I was growing up, is that there is a spiritual war. It used to be said to me this way. There's a spiritual war going on for the souls of human beings around us. And there is, like, this, this struggle is worth it because it's for keeps. It's for eternity as well. And so we, as people who are participating in this, who have been uh, awakened to the truth of the good news of Jesus, are called to fight to hold on to what Christ has taught us and to wait until Christ returns. First Timothy uh, 6.12 says it this way. Paul says it to Timothy, who is also in Ephesus. He says, fight the good fights of faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called and about which you made the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Fight the good fight. 
And then uh, hopefully all of us would love to have this said about us at the end of our lives. In 2 Timothy 4, verse 7, Paul says this. He says, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. And this is Paul, right? Like Paul is a writer of, of a, a good chunk of the New Testament. Luke just barely out, outwrites him in the New Testament. But he, he writes a huge majority of the New a huge chunk of the New Testament. And he's saying that he has kept the faith that, and that he himself has had to, to, to fight the good fight. That he has, he's faced persecution. He's faced struggle. He's probably faced doubt. Uh, even though we might not read about it, and he encourages us to fight. He challenges us to fight, to keep going, to keep striving, to keep pushing, to contend. We must fight. Um, I, uh, the more you get to know me, the, the more you'll realize how nerdy I am. It's just a part of this journey that you uh, get to be on with me. And so uh, I'm a, I, I like movies, and I like sci-fi, and I like different things like that. There's a book uh, and a movie, so we all could relate to this. Uh, the book's better, but the movie's still pretty good. It's called Ready Player One. Anyone see the movie? Anyone? Yeah, the, all the boys. It's about video gaming and uh, uh, sci- anyway, it's uh, it's really cool. Anyway, but there's a, there is a villain, like in most movies. And if not, you can. This is spoiler, so you don't even have to watch the movie afterwards. You're welcome. So, but there's a movie where. Uh, all, there's, there's a group of these players that are kind of independent, and there's these group of these players that are enslaved or are, are under obligation to an evil organization, and they're going to have this big battle uh, on this one planet, which is really cool, in a video game, sci-fi kind of world. Awesome, right? And, uh, and one of the, the main players it basically calls out to all of the players, inviting them, saying, hey, are you willing to fight? He says it so much better than I just did. But he invites them. It's like it's actually in the commercial in the promo, I think. But are you willing to fight? Are you willing to fight? And uh, that's the question that I have for you today: is as you think about your faith in Jesus, as you think about your your growth in Jesus, as you think about your life in Christ, is are you willing to fight for your faith? And I'm not saying like, hey, let's go get into a fight at a restaurant or a bar after this about Jesus. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm saying, are you willing to struggle and to push towards Jesus? Or when things get hard, are you, are you, are you just going to walk away? Are you just going to let it, it, it be run over as well? So are you willing to be a contender as well? So in uh, Jude, we'll look at what areas that we are going to contend based on how he ends this book, uh, starting in verse 17. A little quick context on Jude again. It's Jude in our Bibles, but his name is actually Judah. You can talk to the people that translate the English versions and how uh, you get a name that goes from this language to this language to our language. It's silly. It's stupid in my opinion. But it's Judah. Uh, it's one of Jesus' brothers uh, who is a leader in the church. Uh, he's a traveling preacher. And so we don't actually know what community he's talking to. We just know that he travels around and he shares the good news of Jesus and that, that he uh, is more than likely speaking to a Jewish group of believers uh, in his one chapter letter as well. And he's telling them to be careful to watch out for leaders who were morally corrupt. And so the first way that we contend is this is that we contend for my faith or I contend for my faith in Christ by what? By watching out for false teachers. That's the first thing that, you, that, that Jude tells us to do. Verse 17, he says this. He says, but you must remember, beloved, the prediction of the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ. They say to you, in the last times there will be scoffers following their own godly passions. And so he's saying, hey, guess what? 
The apostles warned you that there will be false teachers. Jesus Christ, our Messiah, our Savior, he warned you too that there will be false teachers and that you need to watch out for you. Russell, neither of those things, tells you that you should watch out for false teachers because they will, they will keep you from fighting for your faith. They will cause, what, division among you as well. And so uh, I'm not going to go through all of those today, but I'll, I'll let you write them down if you want to look at where they are. So Peter says it in 2 Peter 2, 1 and 3, if you want to write that reference down. Peter says it uh, in 2 Peter 2, 1 and 3. Uh, John says it in 1 John 4, 1 through 3. We're actually going to look at this one because I think it's important for us as well. He says, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world. I just want to stop right there. So he says to us, don't believe every spirit. Have you ever been watching the news before and heard someone do something atrocious and they say, what do they say? Well, God told me to do it. Have you ever heard that before? Like, I felt like the Lord told me to do this. I believe that Jesus told me to do this. I believe that First John would say that, that this is something that we should watch out for. This would be a, a false teacher, and I believe that that person didn't heed John's warning when he said, test the spirits to see whether they are from God. And you might be like, that's a weird thing to do. How do I test the spirit? Like, we're going to do a seance thing? No, that's not. It's a very simple thought, right? He tells us how to do it. He says, by this you know the Spirit of God. And it's very simple. What is it? He says, every spirit that confesses Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. And every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you heard was coming and now is in the world already. And if you're worried about Antichrist and that triggers you to go revelation and end times and who's Antichrist? There's already Antichrist back then. What about now? We can talk about that at a different time. That's not what the point is. So how do you test the spirit? So everyone, every, uh, the spirit will say that they confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh. So this is a very, this is a very simple practice. So if I have a thought about a, a direction or a change or a major change in my life. Russell, I want you to move. This isn't true. This isn't happening, so I'm not moving. But this is for example. I want you to move and start a church in Florida, okay? And, and, and it's a thought. I'm like, well, that sounds like a, spirit, that sounds like a really nice thing. <laughs> Doesn't it? Florida's way cooler than here. <laughs> no, I mean, not as good as football teams, but like they have beaches there, and I like the beach, you know? And, uh, like, they need Jesus. I mean, you guys need Jesus, but they need Jesus too, you know? And, like, I'm, I'm starting to like this idea. Like, maybe it can be, like, maybe have a beach house, you know, and have a church on the water. Like, this is good. This is good news. And, um, and but, but the discipline, how do you apply this, is in our, in our mind, this, is, uh, this might be too complex, but in our minds, if you're a believer, I believe you have the Holy Spirit that's inside you. I think you have your voice. And I do think that there can be, uh, there can be other voices, if you will, or, or, or uh, demonic voices or evil voices, if you will, speaking to you. And so one of the things that you can do, uh, and if you're, you're like, that doesn't make any sense, well, then where does temptation come from would be a question I would ask. Is like where you have a thought or a temptation that seems out of left field, that would be a very clear example of the evil one, if you will, trying to tempt you in a bad way. But like even good thoughts, we should test them. And so if I had that thought, I would say, 
I would ask this question in my mind. I would say, well, do you believe that Jesus Christ, like, is this from you, God, or is this from myself, or is this from something else? And then I would ask the question, do you believe that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh? Very simple. And a lot of times in my mind, it's very, it, it literally just be like, I believe that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh. Cool, that's the Lord. I'm moving to Florida. I'm not moving to Florida, okay? Uh, or it's no, or it's, a, it's, it's a, like a, 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 a different statement. Like they say something, but it's not that. And very quickly, I don't, I'm not as apt or as quick to trust that thing as well. And so if you have, these, if you have thoughts or feelings or desires or, or promptings and you're wondering if they're from the Lord, 1 John gives you a very quick, simple test. And you might have to try, try it a little bit, test a little bit, but I do believe it's a really powerful tool for us to go, is that really from the Lord? Now, if, it, if you have an answer in Scripture, sure, that's easy. It's like, well, that doesn't line up with Scripture. I know that's wrong. I should not go bomb something. Like, that is, that is a clear objection to Scripture. But if it's, if it's one of these looser things or, like, a major life decision, it's something I would really encourage you. Like, test the Spirit. Like, is that from you, Lord? Or is that just my flesh? Or is that from the enemy trying to, to keep me from following you, keep me out of your will as well? Now, that's not, but the, so that's a huge thing that can help you understanding false teachers. Paul, you can write this one down. We don't have time to go through it. 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 9, he talks about false teachers. And then Jesus, in Matthew chapter 7, tells you about false teachers. Again, this will not be on the screen. Matthew 7, 15 through 19. And his biggest instruction is this, is that you will recognize them by their fruits. That's, that's how you know. If you want to know about a false teacher, if you want to know about if, if someone is, is teaching the truth about God, what is the fruit of their ministry? What is the fruit of their lives? And if the outcome, if they're, supposed to, if they're an apple tree and they're, and they're not producing apples, then that is an issue as well. And so we should look out for false teachers. A, a good question for you to ask yourself is this, is who am I listening to? Who am I listening to and, and what is the fruit of their work? Now, do, or, or do you just believe everything that someone tells you? doesn't matter. You don't check it. You don't fact check it. Do you believe that everything that someone tells you? Do you, know, do you know what we call someone who believes anything and everything? We call them gullible, right? We call them gullible because you just believe anything and everything. And, uh, and, and we don't want to be that. Like, we want to be aware in our faith. And so how do you, how do I evaluate what I'm thinking and learning? How do I evaluate what is being said to me? Even things from our stage. Like, we want you to evaluate and to consider and think about what we say. And if you don't think it's right or of God, like, we want you to talk to us about it and have a conversation. Uh, and because what happens is false teachers come in and they cause division in the church and they go away from everything. Very simply, uh, just think quick things to watch out for. Number one, anything that is, is, anything, uh, is Jesus plus anything else. So a lot of people will, will want to add, you know, Jesus plus this thought, Jesus plus that thought. No, it's like if it's not focused on Christ and his teachings, then you're missing it out. New, new teachings, like the church, the Christian church has been around for 2,000 years. There are teachings from, that, that we follow from the early church followers. And yes, there's new understanding, but we should at least ask, like, what is the motivation? What is the heart behind this as well? And what it means for you is if you're contending, if you're fighting, it means you're willing to learn. Uh, I had a friend one time uh, who went to be a missionary and was asking me how could he grow, and I just asked him how did he spend his time, like consuming stuff. 
And because a lot of times we, we say, well, I don't, I, I don't have time to learn it. I, I didn't grow up in it, so I, I, don't, I, I don't, just don't know. I'm not very uh, biblically literate or whatever else it is. And I would say, uh, I would ask you, how much do you consume and what, what is it? Uh, and if you want to know, most of us got alerts about, at least I get an alert about 9, 930 uh, every single morning telling me how much my screen time is on my phone. And uh, it tells me that I have a lot of time where I can learn some other things. Uh, or uh, some of you are like big podcasters, like people love, love a good podcast. Who loves, who loves a good podcast? Yeah. And so you might be like, well, I don't have time for that. We're like, well, how much time a week do you listen to your podcast? Like, could you potentially exchange a podcast for you to grow in your faith uh, for something else? This guy, big fantasy football guy, like four to six hours of fantasy football podcasting a week, which you might be like, that's nothing. I'm, I'm on 12, baby. Let's go. Three hours a day. Let's go. All right, but, but seriously, it's like, okay, so literally, I'm not even telling you to quit listening to fantasy football podcasts. I'm just saying, why don't you just take, instead of listening to them Monday through Friday, and you might be like, well, I have to listen to them Monday through Friday, Russell, because there's new injuries and there's all these new things, whatever else it is. But no, like, why don't you just maybe don't listen to three hours, listen to two, and then add an hour of you know, someone that you listen to, or, uh, someone that could teach you spiritual things. But it's going to take a willingness for you to learn, to challenge, and to grow. So enough about that. But, but we contend for our faith in Christ by, by, by being aware or watching out for false teachers. And we know that they're false teachers by their fruit. Second one is by building up our faith. He continues on. He says this in verse 20. He says, but you, beloved, building yourselves up in your most holy faith, and praying in the Holy Spirit, keeping yourselves in the love of God, waiting for mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ that leads to eternal life. And have mercy on those who doubt. Save others by snatching them out of the fire. To others show mercy with fear, hating even the garment stained by flesh. And I love this because Jude is, is, is describing the community of faith as, as God's new temple. It's, it's like a building. And, and our role in our building is that we are to build up our faith. Like we are to build up our faith. You are to build yourself up in the holy faith. Like if, you have a, if you have a training regimen for contending or for a race, what does this look like? That means you focus on nutrition, you focus on sleep, you focus on your training schedule, making sure you're getting enough miles in. If you're studying for a test, what does this look like? If you're building yourself up, preparing yourself ready for a test, this looks like, like what? I'm, gonna, I'm going to study for this test. I'm going to carve out this amount of time to study for this test. And then I'm going to take this practice test. And then I'm going to talk to my friend who's taking this test and we're going to study together and challenge each other and see where our weak places uh, are as well. It could be that, 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 that you're struggling uh, maybe with your mental health and, 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 and you're in a place, maybe a depressive place or an anxious place uh, and the way that you, you contend or you've, been, you've worked really hard to get to a healthy spot. But what that work is what? It's, it's a part of taking, uh, taking every thought captive. It's, a, it's, a, it's about uh, having healthy rhythms to keep you into a healthy mindset as well. These are things that we do as we contend for other areas in our lives. So how do we contend for our faith? Well, it's, for, he tells us, but it's spiritual practices. It's, it's being with Jesus. It's becoming like Jesus, and it's doing what Jesus uh, does. It's, it's, if, you, if you need a resource for this, someone to listen to is John Mark Comer. He has a book called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. 
He has a book coming out in January called Be With Jesus, Become Like Jesus, Do What Jesus Does. But these are, he's like a spiritual practice guru that is going to help you build up your faith. Listening to a podcast that encourages you, a devotional that encourages you, that challenges you, that pushes you in your faith as well. Now here are Jude's examples. He says this, is that pray in the Holy Spirit, that prayer is a huge part of this. That we have the Spirit of God who, who advocates on our behalf. We have Jesus at the right hand of the Father advocating on our behalf, and that prayer is a way that we build up our faith as well, finding your daily, weekly uh, rhythms of prayer, you know, and, and, and not just becoming people who are uh, bedtime prayer people and meal be- uh, prayer people, you know, like, like there's a conversation and a dialogue that we can have with God. There's a centering that we can have with God on a daily basis to connect us to him that allows us to go about our day ready for whatever God has for us as well. The second one he says is keep in the love of God. And I love this. Like remember God loves you. Like how, do you, do you know that, that God loves you? You're like, I, I've heard the song, Russell, Jesus loves me, this I know, okay? The Bible told me so. I know it. I know it. But do you? Like, do you believe it? Like, do you actually believe that God loves you? And like, he's reminding them to remain in his love. And I would believe, I, I would bet that a lot of us forget or get into places where we don't believe that God loves us, whether it's because of our own sin in our lives, uh, or it's because of circumstances, or because, like, we forget, and that God loves you, and that's amazing. Like, the creator of the cosmos absolutely adores you and loves you, and he loves you, and, and learning how to live out of the overflow of God's love, and the part of that is being in his presence, and part of that is allowing to receiving his love, so therefore I can love others as well. Um, as, a, as, a, as a cyclist, I, I really get the humanity of people. Um, a road biker, you know, the guys that you don't like. Uh, we'll take a straw poll here. How many of you guys like cyclists? Three of you, thank you. Three of you. How many of you dislike cyclists? The rest of you? Good. You're showing your humanity too. Maybe you guys need to realize that God loves you, okay? <laughs> I was riding my bike on Friday morning. Uh, I was riding on, I live off of 71st Street, and so I'm, there is a bike lane on 71st Street. I want to be very clear about this, okay? There is a bike lane. I am in said bike lane. I am going down a hill. I'm going 30 miles an hour down the hill. The speed limit on the road is 25 miles an hour. There is a car that comes be- beside me and yells, get off the road! And he's actually a man who his wife's driving, and he's so mad that he reaches over and slams on the horn behind me the entire time. That's very scary, me on really skinny tires going 30 miles an hour thinking he's about to hit me. Anyway, people need to realize that God loves them. I know the humanity of people, okay? And you need to reconsider when you see a cyclist that that could be your pastor, okay? That's all I'm going to (laughs) say. But (laughs) I didn't feel that that man was keeping in the love of God that day. Because he was, but because the overflow was, it was just like, dude, like I'm not doing anything illegal. I literally am. You, there's a whole lane, like you don't even have to get in the other lane. Anyway, uh, but I say that to say, uh, you know how like people are just mad sometimes, like they just like for you know uh, my wife works in retail and people just show up mad and I like I know I do it too. Like some like today I I just told Ryan Burrow this morning. I don't know where Ryan is, but is Ryan in here? 
Oh, there you are. Hey, Ryan. I told Ryan, I was like, I just like, kind of woke up mad today. And, and, uh, and as I'm thinking about this actively with you, as I'm, we're verbally processing and having this experiment, um, a lot of it is it's like, well, I, if I start from a place of remembering God's love, like in the root of that and overflowing it, it doesn't make me mad. I'm not mad anymore. I'm, I'm not angry anymore. And so knowing that God loves you and then believing it, like keeping in God's love, like he loves you. He loves you so much. And, um, and it, proof of that is in Christ's coming and that he's going to come again, but he loves you. And if you need to process, like, if you're like, no, I don't, maybe he loves everyone else, but not me. Like, we, can, we should talk about that because he, lo- he really does love you. Uh, then he says, to, we, we wait. He says, waiting for the mercy of our, our Lord Jesus Christ that leads to eternal life. I, I would summarize that. That's kind of a complex way of saying. But we're basically waiting for Christ's return uh, and where he's going to bring mercy. And that there's going to be a day that I know that Jesus is going to come and he's going to make everything right. And so I'm going to build my life on that promise, on that hope that he is going to come again. And then I love this. He says, have mercy to those who doubt. Meaning, you ever doubt in church and be like, I don't know if I get this. I don't know if I believe. Like, and then they just like bulldoze you and be like, well, let me tell you why you need to believe this. And let me tell you all the logic. And let me tell you all of these things. Which is good to have answers and good to know why you believe what you believe. But there's going to be times where we're doubt. we doubt. There's going to be times where, where you, you, might, like, you might be struggling. And there's an invitation as we're building up ourselves and our faith in the love of Christ. Like, I'm going to have mercy for the guy that's having a bad day. I'm going to have grace for the, for, for the guy that's having uh, a bad day. I'm going to give space and room to question and struggle, but I'm going to point back to the love of God and the future hope that we have. Uh, he then says this. He says, save others by snatching them out of the fire. Like, go get people. Go get people who are going on places that are leading them to destruction. This, this also is an encouragement to, going back to the original point, that, that, that like, we're playing for keeps here. Like, the, like, people's lives are at stake here, and if you can be a part of pointing them to the good news of Jesus, if you can participate in saving them from destruction and from fire, like, then be a part of it, and go get people. Go get people. Go snatch them from that as well. And then he, he says, um, and, and then in doing that, show mercy to them as well. And then he says, hating even the garment stained by fear. He's saying, hating even just like the little bit of sin, hating just a little bit of, of operating outside of the way that God has called us to, pursuing the way of Jesus, because God's grace demands a whole life response pursuing him as well. And so we see this, that, that if I'm going to contend for my faith is I'm going to watch out for false teachers, and I'm, but I'm going to also, I'm going to build, I'm going to build my, my life in Christ. I'm going to build up my faith in Christ. And then finally is, is here's, here's the, the safety net as well, is I contend for my faith by, by what? By believing that Christ keeps me. He says this in verse 24. He says, now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy as well. Christ is able. This is, this is the good news. 
is because you know what? In the second one, and even in the first one, we're gonna, sometimes we're going we're gonna to follow false preachers. We're going to misunderstand something. Sometimes we're, we're not going to always build up our faith the way that we're supposed to. But I believe in a God. I believe that Christ is able to keep us from stumbling, that he, he can keep me and hold me and protect me and, and, and save me. And then when I get to the end of this life, that he will present me blameless with joy to the Father as his own, that he's got me that he keeps me from stumbling, that Jesus has you as well. And that's, that's another thing that you can lean into is love, that he has you as well. Jesus is the, is the bumpers when you go bowling. You know what I'm talking about? Like, like you're not gonna, you're, like he's gonna, he's gonna protect you from going, uh, throwing it into the lane, or I don't even know what that thing's called. The gutter, what's it called? The gutter, the gutter. thank you. I don't even bowl. That's the first time. I was figure skating with Maisie uh, over, over the Thanksgiving holiday, and uh, she loved the experience not a great figure skater, okay? She loved the experience because my brother, who was here for our Thanksgiving things, my size, and uh, we're both on each arm the entire time, and we both know how to figure, not figure skate, we know how to sort of ice skate. We were, we were using ice skates around a really bad uh, icing in Kansas, okay? You imagine, we're not figure skaters, excuse me. <laughs> so why should some, have someone edit my notes? All right, we were ice skating, here we go. But she... <laughs> You guys didn't know? I told you I was an elite athlete at the beginning of this. <laughs> um, anyway, so we're locked arms, and, uh, and she's having the time of her life. And any time that she looks like she's going to stumble, we literally just lift just a little bit, and she's off the ground, and there's no harm done at all, and she's fine. And we were around this circle, you know, 50, 50 times. And she loved it, but she was held. She was secure because she was, she was held by someone that was stronger than they were. And this is the good news for us, is that Jesus, Jesus keeps you, that he holds you. And he doesn't just hold you in place, uh, he presents you blameless before the Father. He presents you blameless before the Father, that he loves you so much, and that, that, that this is the beauty of what Christ has. And so, like, we can keep going. We can keep fighting, because we know we have an ace in the hole. We have Jesus, who has already won for us. It's like being on a team, if we were playing JV basketball and having LeBron James on our team, there would not be an issue there. Even if you couldn't shoot a basketball, there would be no issue there. He's got you. Like, no matter what, he has you. And, uh, and, and the good news for us is that, that as we trust in him, as we believe in him, as we lean on him, we pursue him, we build up our faith, and even in the times of doubt, even in times of trouble, like we can lean on the truth that he has us and that he will pre- present us blameless because of his blood on the cross. And so then, then it ends with praise. It ends with worship of him in verse 25. And this is great language. If you ever need just language just to praise God. So you say, to, on, to the only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ our Lord, be what? Be glory, majesty, dominion, and authority before all time, now and forever. Amen. I'm going to invite the band to come back up. And so as, we, as, we, as you end this today, as Jude ends his letter, and as, as you, as, uh, I want to encourage you to fight for your faith. And this, is, this is an act of faith. This is, a, this is a thing that we believe that we are saved by grace through faith, but we have been invited to fight for our faith, to contend for our faith as well, to push through, to lean in, to dig in as well. And as we realize that there is a God who keeps us and presents us blameless, it causes me to have joy and it causes, one me, it causes me to praise him because he is Savior through Jesus. He is our Savior. That he deserves all glory and honor because he is so good. That, that, that he, he, he is majestic and amazing. That he is beautiful and awesome. I, I remember um, I grew up 
in Atlanta, and so we have, uh, we have the Appalachian Mountains. Anyone ever seen the Appalachian Mountains in Atlanta? Pretty nice. Not in Atlanta, but it, the, the Appalachians, they're nice. They go all up the eastern, east coast. They're pretty. They're actually very beautiful because they have great tree cover, and they're, just, they're, they're actually incredible. And, uh, and then I remember seeing the Rocky Mountains for the first time in comparison and understanding the differences in a, in a type of beauty. That, that the, the Appalachians, they're, 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 they're pretty, but there's a power. There's a power to those Rocky Mountains. They're majestic. They're amazing. They're beautiful in their own right as well, and they're strong. And then, then it's also this that we're saying is dominion and authority, that you're saying that, God, that I believe that you have dominion over the earth. I'll give you, you have authority over the earth, and that, that I surrender to your control, your will, your way in my life, to the power, I, I, I give you the authority in my life to help make decisions, to, to, to encourage us along the way. And they, I believe that you are that, you are that God before I was born and to everlasting, into the everlasting future as well. That's the God that we serve who will present you holy and blameless and we can trust in these things and we fight. And so as we end today, is that's just the question as you contend, is that will you just, will you just exist in your faith? Will you just kind of go about this, the normal routine, or will you fight? Will you contend for your faith? Or will you be like Paul, who ends his life saying this? He says that, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Let that be true of us as we continue to pursue Jesus together. Lord Jesus, we love you. Would you move among us today, God, as we respond? You are so good. God, thank you that you love us, and thank you that you keep us and present us blameless before the Father. pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Mission State Church podcast. Mission State Church is a non-denominational church in Mission, Kansas. We meet on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. at the Merriam Community Center off Slater Street between Johnson Drive and Shawnee Mission Parkway. We also have five community groups that meet throughout the KC Metro. If you live in the Kansas City area and would like more information, please visit our website at missioncitykc.com or send me an email at jake at missioncitykc.com.